Okay, Slay, so hey everyone, it's me, Jay, and I'm with my girl, Nina, and welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast, and thank you to our family at Olico Professional for being our sponsors. Nina, you are so beautiful. I can't handle it. Oh my goodness. Look at that <laughs> opening making me blush a little bit. I mean, you are getting a little warm in the face. You look gorgeous. Thank you. Aww. How's your week going? My week is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It's been a crazy Monday, I think, for all of us. Um, but no, all is really well. I just want to say and make a quick announcement. Okay. Guess where you are today? <laughs> <laughs> I am at my new salon studio space in Beverly Hills, California. Amazing. And it's so gorgeous and it's so bright. I love you went with the whole minimalistic situation. And I'm really proud of you. I'm excited you. for you. I know this is going to be a new venture for you. I feel like you just like are ready to light it up. It's just your own creative space for you and Jane Z. Yes, your my assistant. amazing assistant. Shout out, Jamesy. You're amazing. Your assistant is amazing. I love him. Yes. And so I'm really excited about you just being in this beautiful, simple space where you said before that the client, the guest, is actually like the art, right? Yes. I love that. Yes. And thank you so much. I'm actually getting emotional oh. when you were saying that because, you know, we've talked about this, Nina. My journey in LA hasn't been easy. Mm hmm. And I finally found my rhythm. Like, and it was, it happened when I claimed my rhythm. Mm -hmm. I claimed it. I was like, no, this is what I'm going to do. Um, so I'm super pumped to be in this space and to just create unlimited opportunities for all of you listening and myself and my guest and online education and with you, with the podcast. So it just gives me a cleanse space to just dream in. Mm, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm ready. But also, today, I hear we have a guest. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she is patiently waiting to speak <laughs> her truth. I am so excited. So let me just do a little intro on our beautiful guest <laughs> today because I have had the pleasure of chatting with her on the phone, which I have to say was one of the most amazing down to earth, real. We got there real quick. I won't go into the details because it was a little nuts how we started to talk about the things we started to talk about. Or maybe we'll talk about it when I bring her in because it was so like, she's just like, hey, let's chat. Or maybe I was like, hey, let's chat. I don't even remember. But it's really creating these cool relationships with people. And we're using Instagram to really just find our people, you know, and I definitely feel like she's one of my people. So I'm excited to have her here. So our guest is not only talented and beautiful, she is a friend. She is a business coach. She is a hairstylist. She is a speaker. She is Canadian. And yes. I just love her so much. She is out there helping hairstylists build their business, really speaking her truth, living in her truth every day and sharing not only the good, but also the bad, which makes me love her even more. So Let's welcome our amazing guest today, Miss Dawn Bradley. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. I am stoked to be here. Yeah, we're super pumped to have you, and yeah. we're going to be getting into it. I know that's the truth. Let's get yeah. it. I mean, yeah. From our first conversation, <laughs> if this is the way it's going to go, forget it. 
it's going to be like, <laughs> we're going to either be like, yes, I'm tuning in or like, nope, these chicks and this dude's crazy. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm excited to even learn more about you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Tell us about your journey through the industry, why you chose this business, how long you've been in the industry and kind of just give us all the good stuff. Yeah, I feel like that will be here for hours, but I'll try and condense it. But I really truly feel like the industry chose me. I was not someone who wanted to become a hairstylist. I was told, I grew up in a small town in the prairies in, in Saskatchewan mm -hmm. and um, of Canada. And I was told not to become a hairstylist from my hairstylist. I, you know, my family was like, cool, like this is a great thing to do on um, like, but what are you gonna actually do? Um, and so I had a lot of shame built up around it. And then my career just started taking off. I started taking steps towards things. I, I, I kind of like, I'm a Taurus through and through, like tell me I can't do something and I'll be stubborn as hell to yeah. make sure I do it. Yep. And so all these people being like, you know, you're not gonna be able to provide for yourself or a family in this career. I'm like, watch me. Yeah. Right. And so I've lived in the UK. I worked for the global headquarters in Aveda. I worked under Anthony Nader in Australia, who's like an award-winning Australian hairstylist, came back to Canada, started my own thing in 2010. Um, and the biggest shift I ever made was in September of 2014. I just packed up my entire life. I was 31 years old. I shut down my salon that I was earning over six figures at. I sold my house and I just started over new in a brand new city. Um, and in under 12 weeks, I was booked months in advance, which is in hindsight, like, what the fuck? I don't know if I can swear on your Yes. <laughs> what the <Okay>. fuck? <laughs> I was, like, hindsight, I'm like, holy shit, I did that. And it wasn't that hard. But I say it wasn't that hard because I had 14 yeah. years of trial and error behind me. Mm. Right? I knew what to do because I knew what not to do. Um, but then I put this really high expectation on myself because I was in a bigger city. You know, I'm like a small town prairie girl. I was in like more of a metropolitan city, Calgary's bigger. And so I put on this front of who I thought I was supposed to be mm. and which came with intense insecurity that presented itself like ego. Woo. Right. Do you guys get what I'm saying? Yes. There? Oh yeah. 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 And then the moment that someone was unhappy with their hair, I felt like someone was going to go to the next Calgary Flames hockey game on the loudspeaker and be like, do not go see Don Brown. Like this intense, <laughs> do you know what I mean though? Like, yes. I did one of the hockey wise yes. hair and she didn't like it. And I was like, everyone's going to find out I'm completely shitty and I've faked my way through the last 15 years. Oh my God. Um, so then this anxiety, sorry, this is becoming a really long story. Anyway, no, anxiety, okay. no, huge go. breakdown, hospital, <laughs> um, tried to be a boss, wasn't a good boss had to lay off my staff member. That was really hard because I loved her as a person, mm. um, started educating. And then here we are now. Wow. <laughs> I just have to unpack yes. this suitcase. Okay. Because first of all, what made you want to pack up all of your stuff, sell your home and move into this, you know, more of a metropolitan area? What was really the driving force behind that? That's the first question. The second question is how long did it take for the baggage to catch up to you when the <laughs> yes, Nina. Yeah. Yes. Answer to your first question, divorce. Okay. Um, you know, I got married, I got divorced within two years. Mm -hmm. Um, I had this whole like life 
to, to get real, to get deep, as we yeah. were talking about before we press record is like, I grew up in a really conservative black and white mentality, religious upbringing. And when I got divorced, that was something I didn't believe in. Yeah. Um, and I went through this whole transformation as a person and my values and my beliefs and like ex existential, what's that word? I yes. can't say it. Essential, um, yeah. Like crisis of like, who am I? What's my identity? What do I think? What do I believe? Everything wow. that I've thought to be true. I don't really think I like, it's like what I thought of life fit into this neat and tidy little box mm. and I could defend it. Even if it didn't make sense, I knew the things to say. And it's like someone came and picked up that box, shook the shit out of it and threw it out. And I had so many questions about life and way less answers. I used to have all the answers. So I thought, so right. I just, after my divorce, after then like dating another person that was, you know, it was once again, I had a pattern of the type of person I would be with mm -hmm. that was not healthy. I was like, I just need to start over fresh. And I, for me, I needed to actually physically move myself somewhere new. So although business and out external looked really good internally and emotionally, I was falling apart and I just knew I needed to press restart. Um, so that was like a completely different side driving force right. as to why I wanted to move. Um, and yeah, it did not take long for everything to catch up with me. <laughs> um, and like on a business yeah. side of things, I was a people like to talk about my personal life and my business life were so intertwined. I was a people pleaser. I was a yes person. I had no boundaries and I prided myself because everyone said, Oh, you're so busy. Look how th good things are going. I'm like, right and i'm exhausted and it was like so, and like it was like no i'm exhausted and like be like be impressed right um and like those you know wow. the reasons why i was in unhealthy relationships was the reason why i was also completely exhausted and burnt out in my business and i remember thinking i'm going to move to calgary it's a bigger city you know it's more metropolitan city people are going to respect me more because they're different people wow like what a load of bullshit. I didn't yeah. respect myself. I didn't think I was worth it. I wasn't, I didn't think I was valuable. No one, you teach people how to treat you. And so all of a sudden I was like booking up. I was squeezing people in. I was staying late. I was bending over backwards. I was fixing things that weren't fixes, you know, and it just all came crashing down until I landed in the ER one night thinking I was dying. And it wasn't until I went to an energy healer and she's like, what were you thinking about that whole night? And I was like, I was thinking about how I wanted to like cancel this class in LA. I was supposed to be teaching and in Portland and I wanted to go live off the land. And she's like, the night you thought you were dying, you were thinking about work. Wow. I was like, shit. And I was puking the whole night. And she's like, well, that's your safe solar plexus. Yeah. If you're into chakras, yep. she's like, that's where your self-worth and your self-value lie. Woo. And she's like, it's literally like you purged it. So yeah, that's, a tiny glimpse into the whole story. <laughs> I I just want to say that you are so powerful because you are so brave to share this reality that I relate to. Like I'm over here, my eyes, guys, when you see this video, my eyes are like about to bulge out of my face because there's so much truth that I see in what you went through. And I think there's more people like us that go through the same thing. So you speaking up to your reality is going to help someone along the way. And, you know, I, at 31, I was like, oh my God, at 31, I sold my business. My house was up for sale and I moved to LA. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there with you. Because I literally got here 
And the same patterns that I was always used to still happened until one day I woke up and realized that it was me who allowed that behavior to happen. It was the reality that it was no one else's fault but mine. Nina went through it with me. You know what I mean? And that is what makes you grow even more. So like I relate to that so much. And you were like so phenomenal. It's thank you. It is amazing too. I have to say that, you know, when we talk about ego and we talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, who we are, who we think we are, who we think people want us to be, you know, it's all, a lot of it is driven by ego. And I think that, you know, we come to a point in our lives where we have to I think a lot of us in, in relationships and a lot of us, the three of us sitting here, I should say, we have that in common that we'll just keep going. We'll just keep yes. working. We'll just keep doing until we just let all of our shit catch up to us. And sometimes that means that you have a shutdown, which is done, which is really what happened to you. You had a total mm-hmm. shutdown. And I want to talk a little bit about what the the um recovery was from that because when you i have anxiety really bad you guys know this i talk about it it is so it takes away your energy it zaps your energy when you have an anxiety attack a panic attack you're exhausted for days so going into the hospital landing in the er you're in this new town um and what did the recovery process look like for you? Because you don't just go from going to the hospital, then going right back to work. Like, let me take care of my clients. <laughs> right. Like what shifts and changes did you make? That's funny. So when I experienced trauma in my life, which could be a whole other podcast episode, I call it like the black hole of time. I have no memory of like the week after that. I don't mm. really know. I know we were moving house and I had been like reading a book about minimalism and I purged a lot of physical things, which then I think the hospital was like a purging of emotional things. Yeah. Um, because wow. leading up to that night, we had eaten pizza. I started throwing up and then every 20 minutes I threw up and then my body started convulsing. And I know our healthcare systems are very different in Canada and US, but we have like HealthLink where you can phone and talk to a registered mm-hmm. nurse. And they thought I was having a seizure, but I was like completely coherent. Wow. Um, but my yeah. body was convulsing, throwing up every 20 minutes uh, late on like, yeah, it was just gross. But I don't really remember if like, I probably did go back to work because I have, I think you guys are probably the same as me. Like, this is what normal people's expectations they put on themselves are. Mm-hmm. And like, this is yeah. where, yeah. But I don't, I don't think I put high expectations on yeah. myself. Of course. Um, and so I don't, it's very fuzzy. I didn't cancel the classes. I went and did them. Um, but I realized how much imposter syndrome was playing into my life Mm. and how much, like, I don't see, like, I'm just me. Like I know who little Don is right. Little Don that was made fun of, that was bullied, that was this. And so why would people admire me? Why would people want to learn from me? Why like this, like cyclical thing of like, and then to feed that fear, I look for the external validation. Mm. I look for, you know, but also to feed it's, um, I don't know what you guys, but like, I look at the, the fear of raising my prices, the fear of not of putting boundaries in my business is because what if people reject me? Sure. Well, if they reject me, then I'm not loved. And so dating people that treat me like shit is the same as having clients that treat me like shit, but I allowed it. And so I know I'm going, going off on a tangent, but I, my recovery from that night, I started being a lot more aware of the triggers that set me off. And so I turned off all notifications on my phone. 
Wow. Like yes. literally to the point where like, you know, when you like see the little like message icon, it usually gives you the number of how many yep. unread messages. I don't even have that number. Like I literally have to open my messages to see if there's messages wow. there. Um, you know, I, I'm very, I, I got very boundaried, almost like the pendulum swung from one end to the next, uh, and very protective of my space, which can sometimes confuse people because they think I'm keeping them out. And I'm like, I'm just keeping myself healthy. It's nothing to do with you. Yeah. It has nothing to do with him. Yeah. Yeah. And so I started implementing a lot of boundaries to keep me healthy and safe, which meant working less hours, which meant being more intentional with my time at work, with making sure that my time off was time off and that like in the grocery store, I wasn't texting with a client because your brain then gets into that stress state Mm -hmm. because I got to the point where I would get a text notification, wouldn't even know who it's from. And like my heart was palpitating thinking it's a client client saying that they hate their hair like my cortisol levels or whatever were just yeah. wacky. So I cut out caffeine completely. I cut out sugar, which I'm really struggle with still, but it made a lot of lifestyle changes. And that's where I'm like, oh, I really liked this income I was making though. So I need to make these lifestyle changes, but I want to keep the income. And I realized, oh, if I just show up at work like it's work and be intentional, yes. I can actually make just the same amount of money in way less of time. Yes. I, I thank you so much for sharing that. And I do want to say Nina and I talk about this all the time and I think we're going to do a podcast more about it, but it's like your emotional home, right? Of where that trauma exists at that certain age. And then that's where you reside, right? Until you work on it, until you start chipping away and it never goes away ever. Mm -hmm. So you always got to be aware and you always got to have it in the back, like in your rear view mirror, or it's right beside you, or it's right in front of you. It's around you. It just depends on where it's at in that moment in your life. So thank you so much for, you know, you have to work on that. I do want to dive a little bit deep into the, the anxiety part, because I feel like a lot of people may have experienced anxiety for the first time in their life through this new reality that the whole world went through. And I like to make an emphasis on that because I feel like sometimes we feel alone and we're all navigating this whole new world that we're experiencing with the virus and everything happening. So with, give us little tips and I know you kind of dive deep on like what got you to be like controlling your anxiety, but is there any tips that you would give to anyone who's experiencing anxiety for the first time? What are like ways to identify it? And I know we're not doctors, but um, just through your Dr. personal Don experience, <laughs> right? Dr. Don, um, and ways that they can manage it moving forward, maybe three tips on how to recognize it and then how to kind of manage it that worked well for you. Yeah, I love this. And I'll actually share what my therapist shared with me because awesome. I like my brain immediately goes to this memory of um, when I first started um, like dating my boyfriend here, I would get really, really anxious when I like, but excited, anxious and excitement and anxiety can kind of yes. feel yeah. the same way. Yeah. 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 And I didn't even realize, I didn't recognize it as like anxiety. I was like, I arrive, I get off the plane. I like can't settle down. My brain's all scattered. Like I don't make any sense for like a half an hour. Yeah. Like everything. It's just like, I, when I get anxious, don't shut down. I like speed up. Mm. And sometimes I think I'm like really hilarious, but really I'm just anxious and like weird things come out of my mouth. (laughs) Um, But the tips, so recognizing it is like, if you can't like for me anyway, and I can only speak from my experience, 
is I can't really focus. Mm -hmm. Everything feels like it's moving really fast and I'm trying to like chase after it and can't catch up. Um, and my heart palpitates and I can't, I can't get, get a deep breath. Um, and so for the longest time, I wouldn't notice anxiety until it was too far gone. And now I can like recognize the early steps. Like, okay, am I getting like, is, am I feeling a little bit like I need to be in 10 places at once right now? Am I feeling like I'm left behind or I can't catch up? And the best thing for me is to put my feet on the ground and kind of that like yoga thing where they say like, feel the roots go through yes. your feet into the ground yes. because I live up here like mm-hmm. 75% of the time. I'm a visionary. I'm a dreamer. I'm like, this is where I want to go, but I really struggle to be grounded and be here in this moment. And mm-hmm. I'm either like over way ahead in the future or I'm way, way back in the past. Mm-hmm. I, do, I really struggle to be present. So like feeling if I'm out and about and anxiety hits and I'm in public, I just stop and I like feel my feet on the floor. I look up and I try to like, like I try to engage three of the five senses. Mm. So feel, sight, smell here, you know, try to try to engage all five if you can and take a moment, take some deep breaths. And then as I walk, I like feel each footstep and I look up and I like look at three different things and just try to slow down the spinny cycle. Mm. It's so, so good. I guess it's not really three tips, but like but engage your senses. so good. It is. That is so good. It is tips, really. I mean, it's your experience with it. And I get it too, because I do get the heart palpitations and I, I can't breathe and, and I get it and I get real, I get sick to my stomach. So anybody out there who's going through and gets sick to their stomach, like that's the worst because you get that pit in your stomach and it's like uncontrollable. I love the feet on the ground. And I, I've talked about in post too, about going to yoga and they say that you have to, um, you have to go down before you go up. So it's grounding down before you can then start to rise up. And so I love that rooted feeling. I think that's so important. Deep breaths are really important too. And I've talked about this before about taking deep breaths in, holding it six seconds and then letting it out. And I learned that from reading um, the book um, from Panic to Power. I read that a long time ago. Um, It's by Lucinda Bassett. And yes, we're not doctors. We're just speaking from our experience. You have to find what works best for you, but we want you to know that you're not alone. You are Mm -hmm. not alone when it comes to anxiety. And I also want to add this. If you are thinking that if you move out of your town, if you move to a new place, if you go to the Bahamas where it's beautiful blue water and there's palm trees, all of your shit is going to come with you. All of, yes. your, all, mm-hmm. all of your anxiety, all of your stress, all of those things are going to come with you. And the only reason that I can say that is because I lived it. I thought that if I moved to Florida when I was 20, I think I was 25 or 26. If I moved to Florida, this is when I started, the, when I had the salons with my partners, that everything that I was feeling would go away all of the pain, the recent breakup, you know, if I would just move to this beautiful place where it's exotic and it's sunny all the time and there's palm trees and shit that everything would just melt away. (laughs) And it just doesn't work that way. And my pain and trauma followed me to every Mm -hmm. single place I lived. The key behind this and the reason why I'm telling you this is is, is to let you know that you have to sit with yourself first. You really, it doesn't matter where you live. You have to be able to sit with yourself and maybe it's talking to someone, maybe it's reading self-help books, maybe it's seeing a therapist, whatever works for you. Because I did have a breakdown where it did 
catch up to me in my late thirties. And um, I really struggled with that. And so I think if we're, let's kind of talk about fear and anxiety because Mm -hmm. we, this is a place that we, the three of us, and so many of you listening have been the fear of raising prices. Like you mentioned Don, the fear of, you know, what if I don't discount Sally today? What's going to happen? You know, the fear of going through uh, losing clients, the fear of screwing up on clients, the fear of having a reservice. Like we live in this space because we are so, uh, we're people pleasers. We are nurturers by nature. So maybe you can give the stylists and salon owners that are listening today a couple tips on how they can move past and through their fear, right? Because I, I feel like fear does create a lot of the anxiety and fear is like something that we, it's in our own minds, right? We create this. What can they do to get out of their own way to move past fear, whatever that looks like and whatever they're fearful of? Um, and even if it's stuff behind the chair, like I know this is your focus because you're teaching people to, you're teaching hairstylists to build their business. So like, what are things that you are teaching them to just move through their fear and get out of their own way? Yeah. Like immediately I just think, stop trying to be in control of everything. Oh yes. Like I'm a huge control freak and I say recovering control freak. And I wish I had my mug here because it says, I'm not a control freak, but you're doing it wrong. Um, (laughs) And like really a lot of my fear and anxiety has come from not being in control. Like I think of doing someone's hair and someone showing up early and thinking, oh my gosh, do they think I should be done this person by now? And like feeling like, oh, oh, I need to finish. I need to rush this person because they're 20 minutes early. Well, no, they're 20 minutes early. Like calm the fuck down, Don. But I used to get anxious about that stuff or like, oh, that person didn't like, they said they liked their hair, but their face didn't say they liked their hair. And then I would go home and I would stress about it all night. And then I'd email them and be like, are you sure you like your hair? You know, like I would just like go into this. And so really just I think one of the biggest things I learned, because a lot of my anxiety was was out of wanting to control scenarios mm-hmm. that were out of my control, like wanting to control how people perceived me, wanting to control what people thought of me, wanting to control whether or not people liked the way I did hair. Um, and so being like, I'm not for everyone and not everyone's going to like me, that's okay. That goes for like anything but also clients like if someone doesn't really love their hair but i think i did a good job and i showed up and i did my best as my ability knowing that i'm human knowing that i'm not perfect that's all i can ask um one of the biggest things i don't know if i've shared this story with you guys before but i someone's hair melted off in my chair after 10 minutes of clay lightener being on her hair that's like the weirdest thing that's ever happened 10 minutes in and it just like completely crumbled to pieces and that was like right before that hospital visit Mm. but that spiraled me into like do I even trust like I can't control the product anymore because like Mm -hmm. what like I I remember the first time using lightener a clay lightener after that being like like I was shaking because I felt like something that I knew so well all of a sudden this weird chemical reaction happened and who knows what it was like we didn't send her hair off to a lab to get tested um but then I didn't feel in control And so the anxiety, because I had no control, just skyrocketed. So I think surrendering is the word that comes to mind, is (laughs) surrendering to the reality that we're not in control and we can't control anything. And especially when it comes to clients and business, like especially when we're working on with um, chemical, chemical services, 
our clients are the variable in the equation every single freaking time. Mm -hmm. Their hormones may change, their medication may change, their diet may change. Like we can do the equation so perfectly, the chemical, like the, the chemistry experiment perfectly, but you put in one little variable. And if you remember like oh. grade 10 science, everything goes to shit. Yeah. And so when I started being upfront and honest with my clients about in my consultation, being like, look, I'm going to show up and do my best with my knowledge, my wisdom, my skill, my experience. But each and every time you're here, I can't guarantee it. And it freaks some of them out because they're like, wait, no, should I go somewhere else? Like, no, <laughs> well, they can't like, guarantee no. it either. <laughs> I was like, just <laughs> because. I have to say it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this needs to become a standard in our industry. Like, nice. like I am so passionate about the fact that like, we get, we should, it should be standard procedure to have clients sign off on the risks and, and uh, of chemical services, like what anywhere else you get chemicals or injections or whatever on your body, you are legally required to sign off except our industry. Wow. That it doesn't so, make sense. Right. I know. And it's so crazy. I sat up like ET when you said you the word both, surrender, we both like, like perked up because that's a hard word for a lot of people. And I also am a control freak, but I also feel like I'm in somewhat of recovery. Um, I mm -hmm. get the control thing, wanted to have control over everything. That's why I don't really like to fly. It's not the actual flying itself. It's the fact that I don't have control of what's happening in the plane. I don't have right. a way out. What if you yeah. fly if you were the pilot? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, I'm like, come on, like what? <clears throat> there are so many weird things that I have. They're weird to me. I say weird, but you know, I embrace them. But I think that we, that word surrender is that, wow. I mean, really that just kind of the way I sat up was just because it's like, wow, the word surrender has so much weight to it. If we were able to really surrender to not having control, just think about how much more peaceful we could be. Do you know what I mean? But it's really hard to getting to that point of surrendering. It's really hard to get to the point to ask for help. You know, it's really hard. And that kind of is what it is. Um, <clears throat> I'm just blown away by you because I mean, I've already chatted with you before, but I learned so much more about you now. And I, you are super grounded. And I think that comes with age and experience too, right? Like we can have these conversations because we've been through some things, you know? Yeah. And I think that uh, working through fear and understanding that your mindset can really shift the way that you show up for your guests is incredibly powerful. You don't have to be taken advantage of by your clients behind the chair, right? You teach to a lot of that stuff. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ooh. absolutely. Like, yeah, I feel like we just like hit a, hit a note. We need like a moment of silence <laughs> <laughs> for everyone to just process. Yes. No, truly like that fear and that surrendering to control. It's, it's like a continual practice. I don't think that we ever yes. fully move beyond it. It's a, a practice and, and a habit that we need to get into, but realizing that like I even after that panic attack and after that girl's hair fried off, like I played small, I scaled back because like I said, that insecurity that presented like ego, like I was so nervous to be in a bigger city. So I put on this front of like, I'm done and I'm perfect and everything works out always. And then the moment that someone didn't like their hair or someone's hair fried off, I was like, oh shit, everyone's going to find out that I'm a fraud. And so I remember I was like 
uh, like I was doing the Instagram thing so much and then I like just disappeared and I played small and I was like, well, I can't say this because this happened to me or like I can't and like I just doubt and fear and anxiety clouded my vision and I couldn't show up. And then the moment I started realizing, what if I actually talk about this stuff? What yes. if I actually share like my biggest fears and my biggest failures and my biggest fuck ups and show people that they're not alone because the thought of somebody else ever having to go through that depth of darkness that I laid in. I remember like laying, my, my boyfriend says like, you just laid on the couch vacant for weeks. Mm. Like I just go through the motions and, and like, you know, kind of, well, sorry, I guess people can't see me if they're listening to the podcast, <laughs> but like just deadpan. Like yeah, I, yeah. my personality was gone. My spark was gone. Wow. Cause I didn't think I was allowed to be that person. And because I'd put on this front of confidence thinking the only way that I could be this person or that I could teach or that I could educate or I could, you know, do the stuff was only when I was perfect. Mm. And I never thought I was a perfectionist, but I thought, oh, if a client's ever like, I can't teach a hair painting class or a balayage class if someone doesn't like their balayage from me. Like what a ridiculous Right, thought. right. Yes. I mean, it makes you go through this like whole winding road of like mm. failure and then yeah. you're setting yourself up to lose. It's like, yeah. whatever you do next, you're going to lose, right? Mm -hmm. So I think what I really like as well is talking about like, you know, being grounded. The, the tips that you gave for that is also when you're doing that, you have awareness, right? Now you have those trigger points to say, uh-oh, right? I've lived this before. This is reality. This is familiar. Mm -hmm. And then you get over, right? You get fed up about this is familiar, mm -hmm. right? And then you do something about it. You're like, oh, I like that this was your trigger point because it was familiar, but I actually hate it because it's familiar. Mm -hmm. So let me do something about it. And it's that awareness, right? Of coming in there. It's like an awakening. You know yeah. yeah. One of the biggest aha moments I had was realizing that a lot of the stress and frustration, and anger and resentment I had in my business. Cause like my clients don't respect me. They don't, they cancel, they no show, they don't do this. And I'm like, I was making it all about them when really like Jay, you were saying earlier, it was about me, but yes. me as a control freak, I'm actually like in control of that. And yet I didn't want to be in control of it because if I, because if I, had the realization and awareness that I'm in control of how people treat me, then I'm responsible to move through the motions. But if I can make it about them and their issue and how they don't respect me and how they don't treat me well, then it's on them and I don't have to do any work. Yes. But like, it's such a weird twisted thing as a control freak. You'd think I'd want to be in control and take control over it, right. but I didn't want to take responsibility. Right. Yeah. Accountability oh, is the word that yeah. came to my mind. Like you didn't, yeah. it's hard to take accountability. And I think it takes time to get to that point. It really mm -hmm. does take time to get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm the common denominator here. I need to start making changes within me in order to get a different result from other people. It's like mm -hmm. dating the same person. Like I swear I dated the same person just wearing a different pair of pants. Like how yes. many times do I have to go through yes. <laughs> Like, come on, you know, yes. like same person, different hair color, like wearing a different pair of pants. You know, I think we come to it when, and we have the realization when we're ready and when we're mm -hmm. ready to accept the fact that we play a part in it. That's the bigger picture. We play a part in it. So, um, 
I have one more question, actually. I, did I skip over a question? I don't even know. I'm so like engulfed in this whole conversation. I, I literally like, almost want to go right in to her knowledge about okay. her life right now. Okay, go. Boom. Because it's so, this pod, listen, let's talk about something really quick, Nina. Everyone, you already know that Nina and I would try to plan and navigate, right? And just allow our wonderful guests to have a scenario. But sometimes our podcasts take us in the direction the universe guides us because someone out there, I know you're listening, you got the chills, right? You have that awakening, what you're speeding down the highway, slow down. Listen, I think it just like, it's so good. And I, and I think the biggest thing for me is from this podcast is all about surrendering. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like that should be something for this podcast coming up that we all, everyone listening to mm -hmm. it. But John, I'm really curious with everything that you know now, right now, and your walk and the trauma and the anxiety, the fear, and you showing up every day for yourself, what would you tell that girl, you? What would you tell her in the darkest moments? Like what advice would you give her right now? Are you purposely trying to make me cry? <laughs> oh my God, I'm ready. Like, I just yeah. like, I will. Um, so immediately I go to two different places in my life. Like I think of like little girl Dawn mm -hmm. and I think I want to, <laughs> I want to pick her up and hold her and tell her it's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. okay. And then I go to like Dawn in those dark moments of like starting a new life and then everything following me, right? Like thinking I could outrun it and ending up in the hospital that night thinking this is it. Yeah. This is where it's done. Um, and I want to tell her that like, you're more than what you do. Ooh, you're more than, yes. you're, you're more than how people see you. You're more than the compliments that people give you. Like you're more, you're more than that. And you're worth more than that. And you're stop handing out your value for other people to validate. Ooh, wow. Oh it's like taking the like part, getting your parking validated. Like, no, you, you get to punch that and stamp that yourself. Like you, wow. like I just, even still to this day, I need to tell myself like, stop fucking looking for validation everywhere else, but inside yourself. Like that's the work I continually still have to do. Yes. It feels, good. It feels so good to be recognized. It feels mm -hmm. so good for people to affirm you. And yet, isn't it funny how like like I see, like I'll get real vulnerable for a second. Like I seek external validation. Mm -hmm. I feel like most people do, right? Yes. Like we want people to affirm it, except we're like a vending machine that won't accept a dollar bill. We like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Right? Like we, we crave it. Tell me I'm great, but I'm not going to accept it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like no. yeah. It's like this um, tug of war. Yeah. Yes. And it's because we don't truly believe our own value so we look for others to give it to us mm -hmm. but at the same time we also look for other people to validate the lack of value because if they validate our lack of value then we can sit and stay here and use this as an excuse to play small Ooh. 
Whoa. And that's why, Nina, like I think of like dating the same guy with the different pants. Yeah. Like, yeah, because I didn't think I was worth the guy that I wanted. And mm -hmm. so I'll just keep dating you so you can reaffirm that I'm not worth it. Mm -hmm. Or I'll just keep dealing with these shitty clients that won't pay my actual prices because then they affirm like, well, anyone can tell me I can raise my prices, but I'll be like, you don't get my business. You don't get my clients. Wow. Then I cannot be in control of it. Oh my goodness. This is just like, I, I am ready. I'm on the verge of like a very hard cry right now. Let me just <laughs> I know. I think I'm yeah. I like a community I cry. After this. <laughs> like it's real. I feel that. And I think, all of this, you know, we, and I learned this when I went to um, the ranch in, in Arizona when I did that horse therapy, but I, I learned that, um, you know, when we get emotional or we feel something for someone it, it, and the pain that we feel, it's not their own, like I'm feeling for you because I'm very empathetic and I know that you've been through trauma, but you're touching on points in me that are making me feel my own pain. So yeah. typically when we react and respond to this kind of chat you know that we're having it's because like i literally went through when you when you said about validation and the, the you know yes. people that i've dated and all of that like i think about that stuff and i think about how how many years i went through my whole life my whole life until i met my husband and even the first probably three or four years of being with my husband that i just didn't feel like i deserved a person like him and yeah. that just stems from childhood shit. It stems from trauma. It stems from my dad. It just stems from a lot of things. But it took me till I was almost 34 years old and being in therapy for over 12 years to finally, guys, this is a really important piece that I want you to just grab onto. Nobody can ever make you feel validated until you feel it yourself. And so yes. no matter how many times someone tells you you're doing a great job at work, no matter how many times uh, a man or a woman comes, comes and hugs you and says that you're beautiful, until you can look in the mirror yourself and say, I am beautiful. I am good at what I do. I am not only what I do, but I am good at what I do. And I deserve greatness. That's when the shift happens. And so if we learn anything from what you're saying today, I mean, thank you for going there with, with all of us. And really, yes. I, mean, I mean, as you can see, we're all still a work in progress. You know, I'm still getting emotional over this shit. I've been dealing with this stuff since I'm 15 years old and I'm 42 and I'm still getting emotional because there's still work to be done. And just you showing up, Dawn, and telling people that you're still working, like you're still showing up every day and having to do the work. Yeah, that is incredibly powerful. And I'm so grateful. I don't even know how we got connected along the lines of Instagram, but thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> because you are just such a force and your vulnerability is your strength. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know yeah. if I could lighten the mood on this one. Um, <laughs> listen, I'm about to. Okay, here we go. I just have to say, Don, you are my new spirit animal. You are. You are. You totally are. I, I just want to thank you so much for being so open and so real. And that's what we strive for here. So thank you for giving us your spirit in your soul and oh, you're so amazing. Now, at No Stylist Left Behind Podcast, we like to pivot. <laughs> AKA pivot. Like, what word watching is that? Okay. Creek. You're welcome. So I try to be like Mira, the, whatever her name is, her, the mom. Anyways, Moira. so 
we are going to be doing burr, 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 rapid fire questions with Nina and Don. So here are the rules. Are you ready? I'm the going rules. to be getting my timer out. And I'm going to be putting a one minute timer like on here. Poop. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Nina's going to be asking random questions that Don, you do know, know any of them, correct? Correct. Right? So without further ado, are y'all ready? Three, ready. two, one. What's your favorite junk food? Reese's Pieces. Mm, if you were to go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would it be? Hawaii. Elephant or giraffe? Elephant. Me too. What's your favorite color? Blue. What's your favorite healthy food? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, class. What's your, okay, if you had to choose between country music and hip hop, which would you choose? Country. Okay. Oh. Mm hmm country girl. If you had to choose between a pink lipstick or a red lipstick, which would you pink. choose? Pink? Yeah. Okay. Black clothes or white clothes? black if you were stranded on a desert island what one item would you have in your bag and my, oh so does it have to fit in the bag damn it this makes it harder oh oh, oh she can answer that one go answer it what is it? it like you know what my answer always is for that kind of question would be like if you could have one thing i always say an rv because <laughs> <laughs> it has everything in it oh my god <laughs> but you said in a bag and i was like tell me i can't fit in a bag it's like my like secret sauce answer to that. An RV. An RV. That's I'm stealing I that it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a bag. I thought she was gonna say like a snack, a mascara. <laughs> she said an RV. Yeah, a weighted <laughs> blanket. <laughs> yes, those gravity blankets. It's so good. I love that. Yes. It's been so. We've been on an emotional ride. This has been great. Ooh. I feel like we're at Steel Force on Dorney Park in Allentown, Pennsylvania, going on that roller coaster. Um, <laughs> we had our ups and highs and lows, and then we had fun at the end. But Dawn, I love you so much. You already know this, but now I love you even more. Yes, we talked about poop on our first phone call conversation. <laughs> so it's out there. Yes, we did. It's out there. And I just want to let you know that you really, your vulnerability really is your magic. And I'm so thankful that you spent time here with us today. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram? Yeah, my handle is Dawn Bradley Hair. Perfect. So make sure that you go and follow Dawn on Instagram. Check out her. You have a really cool course too, right? It's going on right now. Oh yeah, I have a few courses because I like can't just do one thing at a time. But I have my signature course, which is called Rock Your Business, uh, your stress-free guide to earning six figures. Yes. Hi. You better go sign up now. I was looking that up today and I was like, oh my God, this sounds amazing. So yes, of course, when you go on our Instagram page, you just click the link in bio and it's going to take you to that beautiful page. And that way you can learn more about Dawn and everything that she's offering. Of course, make sure you follow our amazing sponsor on Instagram at OligoPro. And my best guy at it's Mr. Jay Ladner and myself at Nina Tulio. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. And if you learn everything, if you learn anything from listening to <laughs> us today, please know that it is okay to live in your truth and remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time. See you next time.